Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 101.7. The team, Sam Hauser and Andres Chavez here for about 10 more minutes. Scott Galetti going to join us at the top of the hour here as well. Always looking forward to Scott. we got best sounds of the weekend coming up in about an hour. But the DeAndre Ayton sweepstakes still going, and it's still weird and sad and hard to make sense of. And the Pacers have become the front runners. Today, I mean, we've heard about the the Pistons clearing room for him. We've heard about signing trades. We've heard about the possibility of three or even four team trades in the, in trying to get Kevin Durant out to Phoenix. And so now the latest one today on the on the wheel stops on the Indiana Pacers. Uh, this was Brian Windhorst earlier today, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst, giving us some of the latest details on a deal that could still potentially get done tonight. The Indiana Pacers have shown a lot of interest in DeAndre Ayton in this offseason. Uh, they now have salary cap space to offer him a contract. They had space before, but they had to wait until they completed the Malcolm Brogdon trade, which they just did over the weekend. And so effective now, they have the cap space to sign DeAndre Ayton outright to an offer sheet, which we are all waiting on. The league is waiting to see if Ayton signs it uh, as early as today. And so... Then if that happens, once that offer sheet happens, it's like crossing the Rubicon. The Suns can no longer trade him to anybody. They can't trade him at all until January 15th. Mm-hmm. And uh, they certainly can't use him anytime soon in a, in a trade to the, um, uh, to, to the Nets. So when you take that off the table, and it's not so much, Greeny, that it would be the Nets taking DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, we know that the Suns are interested in trading for Durant. Durant is interested in playing for the Suns. The Suns don't have right now what it takes to get the Nets to say yes. But if you still had Aiton as a free agent, you still had avenues to open up ways to acquire more assets. Once that offer sheet is signed, it closes that door. So a couple of things in there, uh, Andres, that Brian Windhorst mentioned. I'm glad he mentioned Malcolm Brogdon because that, that trade is not officially official done yet, but pretty much close. Malcolm Brogdon, who was arguably the Pacers' best player, Going to the Boston Celtics, they trade him for a package including Daniel Tice and a couple of other uh, non, uh, really not that big of of factor pieces going to Indiana. So, so Wendy says that they clear the cap space to get him. At least with Detroit, when the when the Pistons cleared cap space, it's still you know it's still a young up and coming team. You still have Cade Cunningham and a bunch of other young players to put around a guy who's twenty three years old, but. If the Pacers are getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon for DeAndre Ayton, I mean, look, I I am still in his corner. I still like DeAndre Ayton. I still don't understand the slander against him. I still think there's a long NBA career left ahead of him. So, of all the of all the stops on this uh, on this path this offseason that don't make sense, this one might be at the top of the list no. of why the Pacers would want him. When they don't have a team around him, and I mean, certainly, I mean, whether or not he's even going to go is a different story that I want to come back to. But why the Pacers would even make this move is, uh, I, I don't get it. Well, it's just mind-boggling when you think about it. DeAndre Ayton, number one pick, uh, unsettled there in Phoenix. Everyone thought he was going to go to Brooklyn as part of a trade for Kevin Durant. All that kind of falls apart because the Nets want a King's ransom for Kevin Durant. They want him. They want Devin Booker. They want first-round picks upon first-round picks. It's just kind of hard to think about it. And like you said, to put your mind around Indiana, 
There's not much over there. The next best player over there for Indiana is Buddy Heald, and he's been on the talks of being on the move because the Lakers have been looking at him. Uh, It's a tough one there to see where he's going to go, how they're going to land him, and just... Like you said, it's mind-boggling that Indiana wants to land him, have him be the number one piece, and have somebody around him. Like, who else is there? Chris well, Duarte? And, like, if, and if you want to, I mean, certainly, look, DeAndre Ayton's still a guy, despite all the, the negative energy that's out in the universe about DeAndre Ayton, he's still somebody that you can build a team around. Like you said, he's 23, former number one overall pick, but... Now now the Pacers don't really have much asset-wise as far as what they're going to put around him in the next couple of years. If they want to you know, look down the road for when he's 26, 25, 26, 27, I mean, I guess by that point he's going to be in his prime, although he would have been, although he'll be in like the eighth or ninth year of his NBA career already by that point because he started out so young. And again, this trade isn't done but uh, according to the reports from uh, from Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, they're working on a sign-and-trade package because that's the only way that anybody was going to move DeAndre Ayton, whether he went to the Pacers or if it was a, a package uh, involving Brooklyn. Because remember, the Nets didn't want him. The Nets did not want DeAndre Ayton. So it was going to have to be a three- or four-team trade involving the Suns, the Nets, and then somebody else like the Pacers who would have taken DeAndre Ayton. So, I mean, if you would have told me that the Pacers were part of this deal that was going to help the Suns in any way with Kevin Durant, that's a completely different story. But now there's an absolutely zero chance that Kevin Durant's going to be a Phoenix Sun. There's no way. And I mean, Kevin Durant, he said he wanted to be there. He vocally said he wants to compete with Devin Booker. He wants to compete with Chris Paul, having connections over there, and just have a chance to win a championship. And that would be, again, another one of those super teams that's been forming since... Since LeBron, whenever he made the decision, it's just an example of another guy who wants to leave to join a super team. And Durant is leaving what he formed a super team. He verbally said, I was going to go with Kyrie Irving. Let's go win a championship, see what happens, and bring all these big names, bring LaMarcus Aldridge, even though he's a little bit out of his prime, but still bigger names that can contribute to a championship caliber team. But instead, there's a fallout here, and now they want to go to the Suns. But like you said, it's no longer that possibility, and there's a highly elaborate three-way trade that could happen, but there hasn't been signs of a three-way trade happening. It's been mostly one side versus the other, and Kyrie Irving's another one up for grabs, but they said earlier they don't want to get that done until Kevin Durant's on the move, and then go from there. Yeah, if if this deal gets done, if this goes through this sign-and-trade, then it's absolutely zero. Kevin Durant's not coming, and the Suns are going to miss out there. The Suns, Suns I think, are going to regret this one. Again, especially if... They don't if they take themselves because that's what this is. They're taking themselves out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, and if they make this move, like clearly the relationship soured. Something happened there over the last two years between Aiton being eligible for the max contract, the Suns not giving it to him, and then the way things end in the playoffs last year. The relationship obviously soured, but part of where that success has come from for the Suns is because they've been doing everything right. They've been making all the right moves. They they took the chance on Chris Paul that happened to work out. They've been they've been building this team for the last couple of years, including with you know with Aiton who's a number one pick. It, it it's such a it, it, it's such the it's mind boggling like it is when well, you think about well, it. Well, it's it's the it, it's the the juxtaposition of he's twenty three, but he's been in the league for three or four years now. So like 
you do that math totally differently when when somebody's been in the league that long. It starts to get into the category of oh, you know, like we we kind of start to know what he's going to be as an NBA player. But I don't know that I, I I I'm not ready to close the book yet, especially when it's not going to net you. It, it's going to net the Suns' assets, but again, it's still not going to be enough to put a, a trade package together. For for Kevin Dur- or for Kevin Durant, I, I I don't think he was gonna Aiton was gonna have to be a part of it in some way. One just to make money work, and two because the whole the whole tricky part of the Durant trade is that he's not gonna go somewhere where a team cleaned house just to get him. So I mean, now if you're talking about Mikael Bridges, campaign and or Johnson. It's not going to be enough, and then you know, and then I mean, yeah, you got uh, Booker, Chris Paul, and Dur- Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and, and Kevin Durant would be a championship contender, but it just it, it gets a lot more tricky at this point. Although I will say, I don't think it was ever going to happen in the first place. Like I know the talk was that Durant wanted to come to Phoenix, and that maybe there was some kind of weird convoluted package the Suns could put together. It sounded like the one Kevin Durant wanted the most, but it doesn't sound the most realistic. I mean, whenever he was talking about those places, he wanted to go to Miami. He wanted to go take that time to South Beach, work with Jimmy Butler. But again, that's another one of those ones that I didn't think was going to happen either because just when you look at the money, because you have to look at it from a business perspective, they need to be able to shuffle that kind of money. And there's, there's no one with that kind of money other than Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, who just signed his contract. And they're not necessarily looking to trade him right away unless the Nets were to listen for the right price tag. I mean, and just going back to DeAndre Ayton, like you said, just the unlikelihood of Phoenix with that outlook. And it feels like Phoenix, like you said, lost this one because this is their championship window slowly dwindling. I mean, Chris Paul, as great as he has been, the years are going by. He's on the... He's on the wrong side of 30, getting closer to 40, really. The years are going by, and the money's only going to get worse and worse with the money that they're paying him as he gets closer to that age. Like you said, this was kind of the scenario that I was imagining, honestly, and it's so perfect that it's a team like Indiana. Because, again, at least with Detroit, they're still a ways away, but you can talk yourself into you know what that team... You can see it right now, what what the Pistons can become here pretty soon. With Indiana, this was almost a scenario where I was imagining DeAndre Ayton potentially blowing up a trade that would have got Kevin Durant to Brooklyn because if that third team was going to be involved and if that third team was going to be Indiana, I, I mean, he's only 23, so he's not really in a position to do so. But I was imagining a scenario, again, especially... We don't know. We know very few details, but we do know that it was an ugly breakup in Phoenix. So I, w- I was imagining the scenario where a team like the Pacers get uh, get involved, and DeAndre Ayton looks looks at James Jones and and the ownership in Phoenix and says, "Why would I do you guys a favor and go to Indiana?" Like I, I was imagining he could he could have been the one to blow up the trade in the first place for the Suns to have any chance to get Kevin Durant, and now we end up here where they're kind of doing it to themselves. It kind of is. I mean, like you said, DeAndre Ayton could have easily, he could have easily, as a number one pick, with the kind of verbal persona that he has, he could easily just say, I don't want to commit to this team. I want to go to somewhere else. And whether it's like a rebuilding team like Detroit Pistons, who you see have upside on paper. They got Jaden Ivey, who soared in the summer league. He went in five minutes, he dropped 12 points, something like that, and sprained his ankle, but... You could just see the potentials there, and then 
put him with Cade Cunningham. You put DeAndre Ayton there as a physical presence defensively and offensively. He was a guy that, when he played at the University of Arizona, drew not big comparisons to Shaq, but he was a Shaq-esque kind of guy as a, as a traditional big man who could just beef your way in there, uses, he would say, that barbecue chicken just to get in there and drop 17 a night and 10 rebounds. This is Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7, the team that's Andres Chavez, our intern. I'm Sam Hauser. When we come back, Scott Galetti going to join the show for the 6 o'clock hour. We're going to go back to the NFL, but still a lot more to come. It's Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7, the team.